0: And welcome to The Book Album, your place for everything related to reading and language. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gents. Now, bookmark that book, and let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Hello, and herzlich willkommen to podcast. After a one-week siesta, we are back on track with a review of Whereabouts by Jempo Lahiri, I have gone back and forth about whether or not to review this work for months now because it is the first book that I have read by Lahiri, and from what I hear, a very different book in several respects from what she is known for. On Lahiri. In preparation for this episode, I read several reviews on Lahiri and her previous work which are linked in the show notes for this episode at relevanceofliterature.com notes. From the NPR review in the description by Heller McAlpin, Lahiri seems to have written about themes of immigration and the second generation in particular, However, from what I know of her and of her work, Lahiri is still in the early stages of her career, and she has already seen several, quote-unquote, departures from the theme of immigration that she explored earlier in her writing. The review cites Lahiri's move to Rome in 2011 as one event that, quote, changed her work and her life, unquote. Indeed, Lahiri has since moved from writing primarily in English to writing primarily in Italian. While Whereabouts is her first novel in Italian, the last book she published, in other words, was also written in Italian. Lahiri did, however, translate Whereabouts into English from the original Italian herself. A review in the LA Review of Books by Sharon Steele notes, quote, The woman's, the narrators here, search for identity and equilibrium amid the flux makes her a classic Lahiri character. What sets her apart is that unlike the strivers and seekers of Lahiri's previous books, this woman takes a perverse comfort in the air of melancholy that settles over her life. She accepts her own contradictory nature and invites the reader to listen," unquote. And a review in the New York Times by Madeline Thien has this to say about the novel, quote, setting, the narrator concludes, is interchangeable. Indeed, in this novel, the place is decisively generic. Story is distilled to atmosphere, like a corner that implies a whole. The continuous surfaces of the novel are tantalizing but arrive at the surface of another beginning." All of these reviews seem to conclude in one way or another that while Whereabouts does mark the quote, departure, unquote, of her or from her previous work rather, It is also a distinctive and beautiful style of writing that people look forward to reading more of as time moves forward. A curiosity. One curious feature of this book for me as I was reading it was indeed how long it took me to read it. I will note that it often takes me the same amount of time, if not more time, to read a 200-page book as it does for me to read 300-400 page books, which I attribute in part to a matter of density in the writing. And indeed, this book was quite dense, at least from my perspective. Each chapter had enough depth for me to mull over for days on end, wondering why that description, why not say more about that feature. It took me two months to get through the novel, and while I was not reading this novel exclusively, it wasn't the only novel I was reading in other words, I was spending time on it consistently every other day multiple times a week. Like Hemingway's writing, Lahiri's images are sparse, her sentences concise. It's writing that is unapologetic, colorful, but not flowery. Lahiri's writing in this novel is also so existential to me. The main character is nameless and faceless, she's a lover of literature but keeps her distance from other people. Her experiences limited to her hometown are also abstracted in their perspective, but there's a contentment behind them that's so fascinating to me. It's the contentment of the narration in particular that is existential in the sense that time is passing and the narrator is aware that time is passing, so she abstracts herself away from that fact in order to live wholly in each moment. This is a quiet novel. In a lot of respects, the narrator is extremely introverted, and so we are often alone with the narrator of the novel for the duration of the chapter, for the duration of several chapters in a row, but the book is also a well. There's so much depth to the narrator's thoughts, even when she's alone, her reflections on herself her thoughts and little observations throughout the day, even what she does throughout the day is a peculiar window into life itself. And sitting down to read this book in the evenings made me so aware of each moment that I too was spending with the narrator and choosing intentionally to spend with the book and paying attention to the mundane in a much sharper way than I would in my everyday life. It made me question what I was paying attention to, where I was spending my energy, and why I was choosing those outlets. This book was incredibly, as you can tell, thought-provoking for me as a reader, even though I am perhaps less experienced reading Lahiri than other readers. And it was much like reading the Patrick Modiano book, Sleep of Memory, which came out in 2017, I had a very similar experience in that it was a short book that took me a long time to finish, but it was extremely, uh, it had so much depth to it, it was so thought-provoking, and it was a book that stuck with me for a long time and really colored my thoughts for a long time. And I think in terms of my experience reading this book, what I gleaned from the writing, I do think that range is an important skill to have in writing. From Poe and Dickens and Dostoevsky, who dabbled in different forms and genres, to Joyce Carol Oates, Haruki Murakami, and Joan Didion, who have done the same, I found in my own reading that I enjoy writers who have some sort of range to their work, whether it's thematic or stylistic, linguistic or organizational, or some combination thereof. On language. The reviews note, perhaps ironically, that the language switch for Lahiri from English, which is her primary, so to speak, language, to Italian, which is her adoptive language, might be taken as a quote-unquote betrayal. And it seems to me that this switch of languages not only has influenced her writing thematically and With regard to style as well so much, but it seems to me that reviewers take this to be an eccentricity that not only is wanted but warranted in her writing, and that she's not really receiving these adverse effects that maybe some reviewers were expecting. That might, of course, be a deficiency in my own sources on the matter, but I also found the switch in style from the excerpts that I've read of her earlier books and this new book to be quite refreshing and also quite valuable, and I found it surprising that such a range could happen in the same writer only over a period of a few years. Like David Sedaris, Lahiri's writing about language itself seems to have made a big impact on people, her readers. Learning a new language can disarm in a way and can provide intimacy in a way that other topics simply cannot. So David is. Me Talk Pretty One Day, for example, is one of those books about language that I myself come back and back to. It's a book that I can absolutely relate to and that I understand in the way that only someone who has learned a new language as an adult can understand. And it seems like Lahiri's book previous to this one in on her experiences learning Italian had a similar effect. Also, in terms of the fact that this book is her first translation, especially of her own work into English, that's so amazing to me as someone who is so imbued in this concept of language, this idea that language is important somehow and that it must be analyzed and we must try to understand a little bit more about it than we do. Um, there's. The sense that translation is such an underappreciated art, especially translation of books, right? How long does that take and how much time with other people's, oftentimes, other people's words do you spend in order to translate it and to make it therefore accessible to a new group of people? I found that astonishing. And there, there are glimpses of the original Italian, of course, right? It's an Italian novel in so many ways, due to the pacing and the lived experiences of the narrator. Um, for example, there are no cars that the narrator really goes in. There's one, I believe, when they take a small trip. She takes a small trip with one of her lovers and his daughter um but other than that you know there's lots of walking there's lots of local cafes people call her signora so there's in that sense it's a very italian novel because of the content of it but i can't help but see that lahiri too has created something in english in the process of translating it into the language and there's this again, existential, minimal kind of style that I think adds so much to uh, the book as a whole. I wish I could read the original Italian as well, maybe one day. The ending. At the end of the novel, the narrator, who is this, again, kind of introverted, peevish, almost, woman who has this very regular routine. She's very comfortable. She's never left her hometown in Italy. She's a professor and she's a lover of books. She's meticulous and clean. She has certain ideas about how to do things. At the end of the novel, the narrator leaves her hometown for the first time to take a professorship for a year in another city. Several of the reviews I read note the parallels between the narrator of this novel and Lahiri herself. Lahiri was cited as someone who, an author rather, who consistently lauds that she writes for herself, for example. In the same way that the narrator here is content with being so introspective for writing and experiencing and thinking completely for herself, not producing much or showing much for the sake of other people, so too does Lahiri have that impulse, and she self-ascribed that impulse to herself. And I wonder if this ending also parallels Lahiri and her own journey throughout the past few years, leaving her roots, so to speak, in the English language with thematic content that she seems to be masterful at depicting and content with depicting, to explore other perspectives and this kind of writing that is seems to me to be new to her, but also she takes to it so well. And I leave you all with an open question in this portion. Do you think she, the narrator, or Lahiri, will ever return to the hometown, to this previous early style of writing, and isn't that beside the point even? final thoughts. I know this is a shorter episode than I typically would do on a book like this, but I wanted to go out on a limb and really talk about a review of a book from, or do a review of a book rather, from the perspective of someone who is not familiar as familiar with Lahiri's work, um, as I am Joan Didion's work or Joyce Carol Oates's work now, um, as I'm used to. So here, really, I was fielding the perspectives of other people through this book and I really chose to read this book. It came out in late August was at least the first time I saw it and heard of it. I read this book because I knew it would challenge me and This kind of minimalist, sparse style is a style that I have historically had problems with when I read Hemingway, for example, even to a certain extent, uh, some of Fitzgerald, that whole movement of uh, the Lost Generation writers. So this kind of style that uh, is just so, again, minimalistic, it's concise. It's dense. I often just have such a hard time extrapolating images and information from it. It's very immediate, unmittelbar in German. Um, I find that to be also very challenging to keep up with the moment as it's being described in these five word sentences, word, uh, words being used in the sentences with only one or two syllables. It's easier for me to latch on to things, especially as I'm a rather quick reader, when there's a lot of information, a lot of big words that I can sort of use as touch points. With this, each word matters so much and that forces me to slow down, that forces me to sink my hook into the moment of each word and really be present throughout. So I found that to be a very worthy challenge and something that I look forward to, uh, I hope in Lahiri's future literature, I am interested in her work on the Italian language, that might be an upcoming read for me, and I enjoyed getting my feet wet a little bit in the work of Jhumpa Lahiri, learning about her path as a writer and how she has consistently surprised her readers and reviewers. I find that to be so fun and so incredible for a writer in the modern day to be able to do that. I also find her international perspective and her perspective on second gen, uh, all themes that are very prevalent and relevant to me, uh, to be refreshing in the sense that uh, these are themes that are not often written about, at least uh, I've definitely read a lot of German literature lately about minority voices in Germany for a class, um, but yeah, not something that I've explored as much in English literature. I know there are increasingly more uh, books and other works coming out with these kinds of themes. Ocean Viong comes to mind. On Earth, were Briefly Gorgeous is a book I read a couple years ago that explores some of these themes, but again, it was refreshing for me to have kind of a sense that this writer is one who's explored those kinds of themes and is yet moving on to other styles, other thematic content, uh, and indeed other languages. So overall, while this book was a challenging read for me and a long read for me, did not expect to be viewing reviewing this book in November, I expected to be reviewing this book in September, but that's okay. I really prefer to have read and digested the book rather than to finish it quickly and to review it quickly. Um, so while it took a long time, and while this review has been a long time coming in many respects, I have come out of the reading experience with a new admiration for Lahiri and a greater understanding of what is going on, at least in this particular book, Whereabouts.